A word to our listeners. The episode you are about to hear features Jocelyn, a very brave nine-year-old who has acute lymphoblastic leukemia, the most common type of childhood cancer in the world. When we were introduced to Jocelyn and her story seed, we knew that hers was an important story to tell. Jocelyn represents one of 43 kids in the U.S. who are diagnosed with cancer each day. We wanted to grow Jocelyn's story seed on our podcast to not only make her wish come true, but to also shine a much-needed spotlight on childhood cancer. We are grateful to our sponsor, Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, for supporting the creation of this very special episode of the Story Seeds podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Story Seeds podcast. I am your host, Betsy Bird. Here at Story Seeds, we're all about celebrating young people's imagination and the amazing things that can bloom from it. On each episode, we match one creative rock star between the ages of 6 and 12 and their story idea with a beloved children's author. Then we sit back and listen to the magic that unfolds as they collaborate to grow that story seed into a story. There they are Underneath the soil in the sun Where anything can grow It's another day And another seed has just begun To turn into a show When you find the path you didn't know And the story seeds start to grow On story seeds You're in control of your destiny you design where your dreams can grow a little more each time on story seeds it only goes to show if you want to be what you know and a story seed and watch it grow probably heard the old expression, a dog is a man's best friend. Well, from classics like the Greek epic The Odyssey and the Indian epic The Mahabharata to books in your library like Because of Winn-Dixie and Dogman, you'll be sure to find a loyal canine character who stays by the side of their human through thick and thin. Today's show is an ode to this unique bond between human and canine. It is about a mighty girl and her best friend. Hi, my name is Jocelyn. I'm nine years old. I live outside of San Diego, California, and I have cancer. My story seed is about a super dog who is based off of my own dog, Sally. She helps the kids in the hospital feel better because this is what my Sally does for me. She makes me happy. Jocelyn has been going to the hospital a lot for the past two years, ever since she was diagnosed with T-cell acute leukemia in the second grade. What is leukemia? Leukemia is a cancer of the blood. The word leukemia literally means white blood. You see, our bodies have many types of white blood cells that help fight off infections. With leukemia, the number of sick white blood cells grows and divides more quickly than healthy ones. When someone has leukemia, they start to get lots of fevers and infections, bruise easily, and are always tired. 
There is nothing anyone does to cause leukemia, but there are things we can do to treat it. And over the last 50 years, medical advances and research have made it possible for many, many children with this disease to live long and healthy lives after they finish their treatment. Jocelyn is almost at the end of her cancer treatment, but it's been a long one that has involved many months of taking medicine and getting poked by needles. There have been lots of moments when she feels queasy or her brain feels foggy, and days when she is tired and just wants to nap with her favorite stuffed animal, Bunny Bunny. But there are also lots of good days. And on those good days, Jocelyn likes to watch movies. Her favorite is How to Train Your Dragon. Listen to music. She loves Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle. Play board games like Animal Upon Animal. Visit the San Diego Zoo and hang out with her four pets. Two turtles named Flash and Snurtle, a blue parakeet named Jewel, and her dog, Sally. Do you see a pattern here? Jocelyn is a huge animal lover. So naturally, when looking for an author match for Jocelyn, we knew that we had to find someone who loves the animal world just as much as she does. Our search led to someone you just might know. She is a Newbery Award-winning author who has written books from the perspective of a gorilla, a dog, and imaginary creatures called Darrens and Screechers. Like Jocelyn, she also has a few pets. Two cats named Lightning and Scooter, and a dog named Stan. Hi, my name is Katherine Applegate, and I'm the author of many books for young people, including the one and only Ivan. Catherine also lives in Southern California. She offered to drive to San Diego to meet Jocelyn in person, but because of COVID safety, we decided to bring them together via video chat. It was an early September Sunday morning when Catherine and Jocelyn both logged on for their meeting. On one side of the screen was Jocelyn, in a dark red dress, her shoulder-length brown hair pulled back in a barrette. She was in her playroom where she often does crafts with her dad and draws pictures of barfing rainbows for the nurses at the hospital and her friends who have cancer. Sitting tall next to her was Sally, her energetic, fluffy, black-and-white Australian mini-shepherd. Sally doesn't have a tail to wag, just a little nub, but you know she is happy because she smiles real wide. On the other side of the screen, Catherine was in her home office with her dog, Stan. Stan is smaller than Sally and was sitting in Catherine's lap like a little baby. He did not wiggle. With their canine sidekicks nearby, Catherine and Jocelyn got to work. I'm a little bit nervous because I've never done this before. Are you nervous? Um, yes, I've never done this before either, so yes. What's your basic idea for what our story should be about? My basic idea is Sally um, become, becomes a uh, service dog. A service dog is a specially trained dog with a big job. They often help people with disabilities like blindness and autism. But service dogs also help human beings with their social and emotional needs. They calm and comfort them and can be found in lots of places you know very well. For example, service dogs visit schools to help soothe student anxiety before tests. And they also visit libraries as part of programs where kids can practice their reading with dogs. At Rady Children's Hospital, where Jocelyn is a patient, there is a really cool canine care therapy program. Service dogs regularly hang out with patients like Jocelyn at their bedside, in the pediatric floor playroom, or in the treatment area to keep them company. What would she have to be to be a service dog? Like, there's a course you take, isn't there? They usually do lots of training, like sitting, 
make sure you're quiet. No jumping, stuff like that. So I think that's kind of like a service dog. But the most important thing I'm going to guess is making sure uh, the kids have fun with the service dogs. Oh, absolutely. I will tell you my service dog story. I had that dog named Goofy. And he was a big old yellow lab. And I had him trained, but Goofy almost didn't pass the test because there were many things they had to learn. The one thing Goofy couldn't do, they would put a piece of food on the floor and your dog had to walk right by it and not eat it. And Goofy loved food. So this was a real challenge. Do you think Sally could do that? Could she walk by a piece of food? Well, that probably would be pretty hard for her, but I think she could actually do it. (laughs) One of the things they sometimes would let them do, and this has probably changed a little bit, but back then they would sometimes let the dogs like actually climb into the hospital bed. Yeah, one of the dogs actually did that with me. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh, that must be so nice. So you've seen other service dogs at the hospital? Yeah, um, you get to collect their cards like a pictures of them, but you get to collect all the ones and see how many service dogs. Oh, that is so cute. I love that idea. Um, my friend has a service dog and she has cancer. She got to bring her a dog because it was a service dog into clinic mm-hmm. at school and she told me that she can actually smell cancer. So she's a really good service dog too. That, a lot of people say that dogs are able to do that. They have such incredible noses. Isn't that amazing? Um, yeah. It's really cool that they actually could smell like stuff and hear stuff that we don't hear. Are we going to call the dog character Sally? Should we have it actually be Sally? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I totally agree. So we're already halfway through our battle because we know the name of the character. And so... One of the first things I do when I write a story is I think about, it's sort of like a biography. It's like you sit your character down and you interrogate them and you ask them all kinds of questions. And so let's think about some questions we could ask about her. And then you have to answer as if you were Sally. So let's start with um, Sally, what's your favorite food? Sally's favorite food is, well, treats, of course. But, <laughs> but well, we only give her dog food. What's something you think Sally might be afraid of? Well, she doesn't really like getting, like, baths, but she does like the water. Does she have a favorite toy? Yeah, Santa got it for her, and it's Rudolph. Sometimes she likes to get her toy and just flap it around and go on her belly with it and stuff. It's funny. When she meets a new person, is she is she ever nervous or does she just instantly love everyone? She just goes to the person and then the person looks at her, then Sally starts licking. Oh, she's a licker. <laughs> yes. That means she just means that she really likes you. <laughs> and you said she's a butt wiggler, since she yes. doesn't really have a tail, right? Yeah, she just wiggles her butt. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Okay, we got we gotta use that. So a lot of times the stories we like best are about difficult things and hard things. And so we already know that you being in the hospital is an incredibly difficult thing. 
Since Jocelyn's treatment for leukemia began in 2019, she has gone through many types of treatment and tests. One of the more uncomfortable tests for her has been the lumbar puncture. For this test, the doctor has to place a needle in Jocelyn's lower back and draw fluid from her spine to see if the leukemia has spread. When you do like the lumbar punctures, do they do that um, at the hospital or at another place? It's in the clinic. Clinic is kind of where you get all your medicine and then you get to go home. So with the lumbar punctures, when you've had to do your very, very first one, do you remember where you just, what did it feel like? I felt first you get a little bit dizzy when the medicine goes in you, get a little bit dizzy. You start trying to close your eyes, but you keep trying to put them open. But then you get all weird and woozy and then you're asleep. Well, that, when I was thinking about that, because that is something that must be incredibly scary and hard. And you had to learn how to be really brave when you do that. Sometimes when you're writing a story, you think about things you've been through, feelings that you've had, and then you can help your characters have those same feelings. That might be a good thing to use with Sally. Do you think we should show in the story her becoming a service dog? I kind of want her to, well, at first I get into the hospital and I'm, I guess I'm wishing Sally could come to the hospital to see her, um, but she can't because she's not a service dog. So um, my mom uh, tries to get her into getting the train to be a service dog. And then the nurses surprised me and my mom and dad surprised me that Sally actually got to come into the hospital and see me. Oh, this is, oh. But actually in real life that happened and well, she just came in the hospital. Oh, so how do you think she was feeling when, when all this happened? When she saw me, I think she started, she started barking, I think, a little bit. And Aww. trying to go to me, I think. I don't know. I can't really remember that good. Oh, because it was probably such a blur. You were probably so happy. And the chemo and... makes me forget some stuff, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I can imagine. But I imagine there was a lot of butt wiggling and licking going on, for sure. Yes. Yes, very. <laughs> How do you think she felt when she had to go home after being with you? I'm gonna just say maybe a little bit, no, I wanna go back! <laughs> exactly, I bet she was heartbroken. And when she, you came home, was she waiting for you there? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> we have to have her become a service dog. So there are lots of ways we could have that happen. I mean, we could have it happen magically overnight. Or we could have it be very real life and, and talk about how she had to go through all the training and everything. Which part, which idea makes, is more fun for you? I kind of want to do the hard work of learning because, well, she needs to know how to do it and stuff. So I kind of would do that. Can you tell me more about what a hospital's like? Because in a good story you have, Lots of description. What does it smell like? What does it sound like? Well, it smells like hand sanitizer. <laughs> that's perfect. Okay. And that's a great description. Let's absolutely use that. Um, yeah. And it's, the bed's not that comfy, but pretty comfy. Yes, pretty comfy. 
because Sally did fall asleep in it. Um, you got to have the little pictures around your room, though. One of the nurses drew something at night, and then uh, um, when you woke up in the morning, there's a little picture sometimes. But one of the days with my nurse, um, we put on a song and we just did dance together. No. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'm liking these nurses. The, actually, it was the same nurse that left me pictures at night. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. That, I mean, one, one thing you don't expect in a hospital when you're sick is the idea that you might have fun or laugh or have a moment of joy. Jocelyn and her family have been documenting moments like these on Instagram. If you search hashtag Jocelyn Strong, you'll find posts about her cancer journey both in and out of the hospital, including one of her singing and dancing to Don't Stop Believing with the nurses, like the moment she just described. Jocelyn was also recently named 2021's Girl of the Year by the city of San Marcos, California for the awareness she brings to childhood cancer. Last summer, she set up a lemonade stand and raised nearly $2,000 for cancer causes. She may be small, but she is mighty. At the clinic, um, so lots of kids are there. So, and I'm kind of like there. I'm a, I don't know really how to call it. Um, a veteran, because you've been there a lot? Uh, an yeah. ambassador? Ambassador, <laughs> yeah. I give out medals to people, to <gasps> kids. Oh. To get a little bit of fun and stuff. Oh, that is so fantastic. Because you've gone through this. Yeah. They must look at you and feel like, okay, maybe I can do this too. And it must be so reassuring. Oh, that's so wonderful. And how does that feel when you do that? Is it is it a good feeling? Do you feel proud? Um, yes, I feel really proud and happy that they're they're getting something and think they're going to do it too. Oh, I love that. Let's think a little bit about how we end this story. Where do you think it should end? Should we end back at the house? Or as you walk out of the hospital? Or... At the end, I walk out of the hospital, but I want it to be that we come back into the hospital, Sally's with me, and we go see a different kids. <gasps> oh my gosh. I love you. That's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. You just wrote the perfect ending. Thank you. Wow. I like collaborating with you. I hope you're available when I start my next book. Yeah. It's actually, it, you would love it because it has sea otters in it. And otters are really fun animals. So, uh, you know, I may have to give you a call. They have a skin that's uh, kind of like they don't get uh, wet that much. Did you know that? No, see, I've got to do more research. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you. You can be my researcher. <laughs> <laughs> When we come back, we'll hear how Catherine grew Jocelyn's story seed. Support for this podcast comes from Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, publisher of the new novel Willadine from Newbery Award winner Catherine Applegate. Filled with memorable characters, whimsical creatures, and unexpected magic, Willadine is a timely and timeless tale about our fragile Earth and one girl's fierce determination to make a difference. This New York Times bestselling novel will spark conversation and delight readers young and old. Willadine is available wherever books are sold.
Welcome back to the Story Seeds podcast. A few days after their brainstorming session, Catherine began a virtual tour for her new book, Willadine. For the next month, between her busy schedule and Zoom calls, she sent voice memo updates to Jocelyn, chronicling her writing process. Jocelyn listened to these during her Monday chemotherapy treatments. Hey, Jocelyn, it's Catherine. I'm feeling really inspired after talking to you, and that is such a great feeling. Still, sometimes when I actually go to write a story, I find that excitement kind of evaporates when I put the words on paper, or in my case, on my laptop, and I start getting frustrated. It's kind of like the actual product doesn't ever measure up to the vision in my head. Maybe you've had that experience when you do your art. My first challenge, I think, is going to be deciding where to start this story. There are so many possibilities, but that's the thing about creating any story. You're faced with choices you have to make, and you just have to keep telling yourself if you don't like what you've chosen, you can always push the delete key. That's why erasers were invented. Give Sally a big hug for me, and maybe a treat or three. Fortunately, I will have Stan to keep me company, and it's really great to know that you'll be there if I need some moral support or some input. So thank you so much. Hey, Jocelyn, it's Catherine. I have been thinking a lot about you this week and Sally and our story. It was kind of a crazy week because I was doing a lot of um, virtual visits with schools and bookstores because my new book, Willa Dean, just published, which is, it's always really exciting the week a book comes out, but it doesn't leave you a lot of time for serious writing. So basically all week, now and then this little snippet of an idea or a phrase or a description would pop into my head, and I would instantly jot it down, you know, even sometimes on a napkin, sometimes on a post-it note, and Now, finally, it's time for me to start writing. I really hope chemo wasn't too tough this week and that Sally gave you lots of doggy kisses when you were done for being so cool and and brave. I'm also sending along this uh, photo I found on the Internet. It's this little rainbow on a wall. It's created by sunlight coming through a window. And there's this big, goofy Labrador trying to eat the rainbow. And it made me smile and think of all your beautiful rainbow pictures. More soon. Hey, Jocelyn. It's Catherine. So here it is, our story. I had so much fun writing this. And the whole time I was working on it, I kept recalling all the wonderful little data bits you've given me. But most of all, I knew how much you and Sally mean to each other and how brave you are. You'll notice I decided to write it from Sally's point of view, which was, of course, you know, great because I got to be a dog for a while. What do you think Sally would call your mom and dad? Mom and dad, mama and dada, Tracy and Brian, the grown-ups? Just let me know. And be sure also to let me know if there's anything else I got wrong or need to add, because rewriting is a big part of writing. It has been such a joy and an honor to be able to work with you on this story, Jocelyn. 
I have to agree with Sally. You are amazing. And now, my friends, the time has come to unveil the story Catherine Applegate grew from Jocelyn's Story Seed. For the first time ever, making its debut on podcasts everywhere, I am happy to present Two Brave Girls, One with Four Paws. Two Brave Girls, One with Four Paws by Katherine Applegate and Jocelyn Croxon. I know before my girl does, even before the doctors I know. Cancer is sneaky, but it can't hide from dogs. For us, everything has a scent. Rocks and tears, clouds and fears, it's all there for the smelling. If you've got a smart schnoz. And dogs have brilliant noses. That's how I know long before Jocelyn does, before the fevers that won't leave and the weariness that won't end. I do what I can, cling to her like a bird of fur, lick and snuggle and nudge. I whine operatically and send Mama and Dada meaningful looks. But they just think I'm being adorable. I am, as it happens, epically cute. I'm a mini Australian shepherd with eyes like bottomless lakes and a nubby tail that lends itself to charming butt wriggles. It's a blessing and curse, my cuteness. Everybody wants to hug me, but nobody wants my medical advice. Cancer smells bitter and cowardly. It smells like a bully. It's awful, my knowing when they don't, until they do know. And now it's even worse. It's early morning, and the mockingbirds are showing off. Jewel, the Indian ringnet parakeet who is part of our family, not that I have anything to say about it, is chattering away. I suppose I'm a bit jealous of Jewel. She can talk to Jocelyn, and I cannot. Not that Jewel ever has much to say. Wheels roll across the living room floor. My ears twitch to high alert. It's the suitcase of doom. Oh, how I hate that thing. I hate it like I hate baths and peas and snurdle. The ancient tortoise, also a family member, who tries to herd me around the yard. The suitcase always means one thing. Someone in my family is leaving. And this time I'm certain that it's going to be Jocelyn. Still, I remind myself that this is a good thing. I've been eavesdropping, and I know Jocelyn is going to a place where sick children can get better. I will try to be as brave as my girl, but is there anything lonelier than a dog without her person? A dog alone might as well be, well, a cat. I love you, Sal Sal, Jocelyn whispers. Her tears taste like the ocean at night. The front door clicks shut. Turns out, I am not brave, not at all. All night I whine and howl, curled up next to her empty bed. I chew on Rudolph, my dilapidated toy, but it's small comfort. The next morning, Dada invites me into the car. The windows are cracked open, and the world pours in. Orange blossoms float on the breeze. Brakes squeal, horns blare. It's a feast of smells and sounds. 
But I can only think of one thing. Could we be going to see Jocelyn? We part at the hospital, and I breathe in with all my soul and try to find a hint of my girl. I smell hand sanitizer and flower bouquets and car exhaust. Dada grabs my leash, and we leave the car. He looks up, and I follow his gaze. There she is, Jocelyn, with her dark eyes and soft curls. She is standing by a window, looking down at me with that smile that makes the sun seem shy. You are so brave, I want to say. And I am not. I don't know how to be brave without you. Jocelyn waves. I bark my loudest bark. I high paw the air. Far too soon, we head back to the car. And that's when I see him trotting past. A big, white, fuzzball of a dog, like a giant dandelion puff on toothpick legs. He's wearing a fancy jacket and looking pretty full of himself. I watch in shock as he prances right through the front doors of the hospital, his owner by his side, as if they own the place. I'm stunned. Dogs can go in the hospital? Actual canines like me? I bark and slobber and scrabble to make it clear I need to go in too. But Dada is unmoved by my display. I need to be with Jocelyn, not just sometimes, but always. Especially here, especially now, when she needs me most of all. If I could make that happen, I'd endure all the baths and all the world to the end of time. I'd even eat peas. At last, Jocelyn comes home. She is tired, but happy, and I am happy, but worried. I've listened enough to know there will be more trips, more needle pokes, more hours of the strong medicine they call chemo. I know that there will be more days of feeling lousy, of missing school, of wondering why life has decided that Jocelyn has to be so brave. I cuddle and play fetch. I nuzzle and spin in circles. I do everything I can to help in my doggy way. But I can't forget the prancing puffball dog. Jocelyn has a little picture of him on a card. He's a service dog, she tells Mama and Dada. Lots of them visit the hospital. They give you licks and wags and sometimes even jump in bed with you. I need to be one of those dogs, I want to shout. I should be the licker and the wagger. I whine and dance to show my frustration, but everyone just assumes I need to pee (sighs) to be able to talk to humans for just a moment. Jewel's outside, and I ask her if she can learn to say, service dog. She looks at me, cocks her head, and says, Hey, baby, come here. Mondays are the worst. Jocelyn goes to the clinic where she gets the chemo that helps her body fight cancer. She hates going, and yet she goes. And while she's there, she draws funny pictures of clouds barfing rainbows for the nurses. Barfing rainbows. My girl is simply the best. I wait by the window, and when I hear the car pull into the drive, I let out joyful yips and do my happy dog dance. I try not to jump on Jocelyn, but it's hard to control myself. I can smell her exhaustion and the sharp, too clean smell of the clinic. Each day, 
When I go for walks, I consult the pee mail left behind by neighborhood dogs. I leave my wet questions everywhere. Does anyone know how to become a service dog? Before long, I learned that Stan the Chihuahua has a cousin named Gizmo who has a buddy named Dumbledog, and he knows an actual service dog named Goofy who lives just three blocks from me. I leave more questions on every walk. We dogs are a helpful lot. And then it happens. I am walking Mama at our usual time when we turn the corner to see a stocky yellow Labrador with his human. It's Goofy right on schedule, just as we'd planned. He's wearing his fancy service dog jacket. We sniff and wag, our humans chat and laugh, and at last, Mama says the words I've been longing to hear. Tell me more about service dogs. I give Goofy a nose tap. Mission accomplished, I say. Not yet, he replies, and I realize this may be harder than I thought. The Service Dog Training Center has the sweet, bright smell of fun. Barks echo off the walls, nails click on the cement floor, tags jingle. Mama and Dada take turns bringing me. They're not telling Jocelyn about their plan in case things don't work out. They seem to be afraid I might not pass the training. They're not alone. I'm terrified I'll fail. Failing would mean letting down my girl. Lots of dogs wash out of the training, it seems. But I'm not lots of dogs. I am Jocelyn's dog. I am Sally the Brave. Weeks turn to months. At first, the training's easy. I already know the basics. I can even roll over on command. But then it gets harder. We have to learn to pay total attention to our person, to sense what they need even before they know it, to stay calm and focused under pressure. The leave it command brings down a lot of us. We have to walk past enticing treats without a backward glance. It's not easy to pass up peanut butter, and many of my fellow classmates fall by the wayside. To be honest, I scarf down a few treats before I get the hang of it. But I'm still in the running. For me, staying calm is the biggest challenge. Jumping and licking and wagging... They're kind of my thing, after all. Sally, you will never pass if you can't calm down, says Mama as I run dizzying circles around one of my classmates. Sometimes I dread going to class. I just want to hide under the bed and chew Rudolph. I have good days and bad days. I remind myself that Jocelyn has good days and bad days, too. But she never stops drawing her rainbows. On the day of my final service dog exam, Jocelyn heads back to the hospital for another big chemo. Big chemos are extra hard, and I can smell her worry as she hugs me goodbye yet again. Because it's testing day, my fellow students are on their best behavior. I ace everything. No problem. I walk past a chunk of grilled chicken without blinking. I turn on a light switch with my nose. I lie perfectly still while other dogs roughhouse. Gotta admit, that one's a challenge. But when Liz, the nice trainer lady, calls me over from the far side of the room, my dog brain forgets the all-important no-jumping-ever commandment. 
I gallop toward Liz, leap with excitement, catch my mistake midair, and plop down with a furry thud, eyes downcast. I do not move a muscle. I do not do anything. I already know I've failed. Liz puts her hands on her hips. She looks at Dada. She shakes her head. Close enough, Sally, she says. Close enough. And then I butt wriggle and doggy dance like only I can do. My service dog jacket feels stiff, like a layer of matted fur. But when I catch my reflection in the glass door to the hospital, I have to admit, I look swell. The door swings open and a blast of cold air hits Dada and me. He is wearing his new ID, which allows him to take me inside. My nails slip a little on the shiny floor, and I am met with endless comments about my cuteness. Fortunately, I'm used to this. I perform my best sit while we wait for the elevator, but when it dings and the doors slide open, it is all I can do not to bark with joy. White-coated doctors, join us as we sweep up to another floor. When we exit, I pause to sample the air. A long hallway awaits us, along with a glass-enclosed station where nurses move busily. Beeps and buzzes fill the air. So many sounds and smells, I can't sort through them all until I can. Jocelyn, she's here. I look up at Dada, and he smiles, and the nurses smile, and the walk down that hallway is the longest walk of my life, but then there's the open door. I see tubes and sheets and a tall bed, and I smell Mama's happy tears, but mostly I am too busy doing my job, leaping into Jocelyn's arms to be the liquor and the wagger I am meant to be. Walking out of that hospital, by Jocelyn's side is the best day of my life. Or so I think, until I walk back in with Jocelyn a few months later. This time, she's not a patient. This time, we are a team, service dog and handler. And we are on our way to visit other kids like her, scared kids learning to be brave because they have no other choice. I'm good at my job. The kids love me. But Jocelyn's the real star. She tells those frightened kids that they're going to be okay. She draws them pictures of clouds, barfing rainbows. She shares her story because stories are a lot like dogs. They bring comfort to your heart when you need it most. And then I, the charming sidekick, do some serious butt wriggling. While it is personal to Jocelyn and reflects her experiences with cancer, it's also a story for everyone, because at its heart, 
It's about this thing called resilience. It's a big word, simple idea. Resilience means being able to bounce back after challenges and tough times. And that's something we've all had to do in the last two years during the COVID pandemic, isn't it? After Jocelyn finished reading Catherine's story, we asked her, a talented artist, to help us illustrate a scene from the story. You can check out her drawing of Sally on our website, along with some fun behind-the-scenes photos of the making of this episode at www.storyseedspodcast.com. While you're there, go to the Imagination Lab to download this episode's activity kit. It's full of writing tips and prompts, neat facts about animals, and fun activities inspired by Catherine and Jocelyn's collaboration. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in to this very special episode of the Story Seeds podcast. Make sure you follow our show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoyed listening, do write us a review or leave a gold star rating. It only takes a minute, but helps us get discovered and make more episodes. This episode is sponsored by Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, which publishes best-selling and award-winning trade books for kids and teens. A special shout-out to the Little Green Monster Project and the Cali Kids Medical Foundation for connecting us with Jocelyn and her family. Story Seeds is a literary safari production. Our executive producer and creator is Sandhya Nankani. This episode was produced by her and Anjali Sakrani. Scoring, mixing, and sound design is by Anya Jeshik of Ultraviolet Audio. Our theme music is composed and performed by Andrew Van Weingarten. And I am your host, Betsy Bird. Until we meet again, keep growing that imagination. On Story Seeds, you're in control of your destiny. Adventures you design, where your dreams can grow. A little more each time on Story Seeds.